Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Order online, it ships to you incredibly fast. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive, has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc., CBD has done wonders for me, and since I've been drinking Strava Craft Coffee, I find myself much less jittery, and I promise you a schedule and lifestyle in where I drink a great deal of coffee. I was starting to feel the effects of it, but CBD has given me a ton more energy and focus with none of the shakes and all of the negative things that come from coffee. So remember to go online, purchase for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go. Ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Remember to visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I am joined today by DNVR Rockies beat writer Patrick Lyons and... We celebrate another glorious day on the schedule of baseball, the beginning of play. Fake games, but baseball games nonetheless return to Colorado Rockiesdom on this day, Sir Lyons. It's real baseball with real baseball players, but this <laughs> but the results are fake. And that's uh-huh. all right. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. We all get excited about pitchers and catchers reporting a few days later, the rest of the position players report. And now we finally have games, no matter where you are and in, in the U S uh, outside of Southern California and Florida, it's probably cold where you're at. It might be a little rainy or snowy. And now you can start turning on the television and you could start, you know, seeing those birds chirping in Florida and seeing those, cacti all around the the concourse in Arizona and it's the best of the grapefruit league and the cactus league and it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan there's no doubt about it on the other hand I suppose uh there was you know (laughs) all of the reactions on on Twitter these days or pretty much anywhere to whatever the Rockies do is uh, I'll say very passionate. Um, and they announced, I, I believe at some point yesterday, that Jeff Hoffman is going to get the start in the first game, which is uh, about as meaningless uh, an honor 
as there is in terms of it's it's maybe not totally nothing to like start out spring training. Uh, Bud Black even made a joke though in the presser. He said yeah, he's probably going to go you know seven innings, which <laughs> of course he will he will not. He'll go two at the most. Uh, this is that time of year. Um, but do you have any reaction to this Jeff Hoffman news or, or any response to people who are kind of out of the gate going, really, we're still doing this Jeff Hoffman thing. He struggled so much. Are they still looking at him as a starter? A lot of people I know want to look at him in the bullpen. Uh, what do you, what do you make of this? I think the most extreme takeaway you could possibly have is that maybe he gets the first start because he is the guy that's the first guy in line maybe for that fifth starters role and they're going to need to see him the most right he's he's going to need to prove himself the most they're going to give him the opportunity to to find those off-speed pitches and and ultimately uh, try to get back some of that command uh, that he's uh, you know he's lost and, and hasn't really you know developed since since being one of their top prospects so maybe you look at it like that because he has no options and and we'll get to players and their options and this pitching staff, but he's, he's out of options. So he either, you know, makes the starting rotation or he, he finds a spot in, in the bullpen as the, the long man kind of replacing Chad Bettis, or he could be on another roster. He could also slide through waivers and, and stick with the organization. But, you know, this is a big season for Hoffman. It was a huge year last year for Ryan Altapia coming into spring training. when he uh, had I no was options. thinking the exact same. Yep. Yeah, he had no options, and it was like, wow, okay, this could be the end of an era before it even starts. And Hoffman's kind of in that same spot now where he's got you know over a year and a half of, of big league experience, was one of the key pieces in the Troy Tulowitzki deal, um, Jesus Tinoco being really the last piece uh, from that, that deal back in um, 2015. And again, that could be the biggest takeaway from this is that, hey, he's got maybe the most to prove or it's his spot to lose. But ultimately, you know, we're, we, we have four or five weeks of games. Anything can happen. And really, who, who leaves it the best out on the field um, is going to come ahead with, with one of those spots in the rotation. Yeah, I believe Tapia ended up leading the club in plate appearances in spring training last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if for similar reasons, like you said, because they have to make such a strong decision one way or another. You know, if it looks like uh, Peter Lambert really is ready to take that next step, but maybe he could use just a little bit more seasoning. They'll use every excuse they can because he's got options remaining where Hoffman does not. You know, I, I think that's very much going to work in his favor. That I, I think you're right. I think that fifth spot in particular is his to lose, and I, I, we've seen him pitch in ways where it's believable that he could very well lose that spot. But with a strong spring training, I think you're right that right now, Hoffman's got a good look at that fifth spot with you know Peter Lambert probably ending up in AAA there. It's a numbers game, and and we weren't necessarily looking to get into the whole conversation about the two remaining spots in the rotation, assuming that Kyle Freeland's going to have it figured out, which I think he will. He'll he'll have one of those spots. But you've right. got three guys with no options for two spots. You've got Antonio Senzatella, Jeff Hoffman, and Chichi Gonzalez. 
one of those guys has to go to the bullpen if they're going to you know make that opening day roster supposing that one of them doesn't get hurt and get puts on the IL but again you have you have a numbers crunch whereas all of the other guys on the 40 man roster has options uh, for yeah. you know to go back down to the bullpen that's that's not if you're including Ubaldo Jimenez but again <laughs> we'll, we'll get around to that eventually too so like you said, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to hash a lot of that stuff out. We'll continue to talk about the very few position battles that do exist on this team throughout spring training. But I figure since it's day one, uh, this might be a good time to do some quick refreshers, some quick reminders about some of the weird nuances, some things that should be remembered as we go into spring training. Um, you know, for example, the record does not matter. Be, <laughs> let's don't run away uh, with analysis over the record of the team or the statistics of any like well-established players who are still in their prime. You know, if Nolan Arenado, although it'll be interesting that I mean, okay, let's take that one off the table <laughs> with all the drama. If Nolan Arenado has a terrible spring, it will be a story. Um, but if Story or Charlie Blackman or David Dahl. Uh, don't hit in spring, you know, those are the kinds of things you really don't worry about. Um, if John Gray is tinkering with a new pitch or Herman Marquez is messing around. Now you want Kyle Friedland to look good. So all of this stuff is, con uh, you know, needs to be held in context, but more than any other time in the game of baseball, your, your top line statistical takeaways need to be taken with a big gigantic grain of salt. That's a good point. Another player I would probably throw on that list would be Scott Oberg, where if he has a bad spring, I don't think too many folks are going to be worried. Whereas everybody else, you know, maybe. maybe there's there's going to be a conversation right. about Wade Davis, right? We, we think he's going to regain form, but there's going to be a conversation about that. Same thing for Kyle Freeman. Uh, Freeland, excuse me, um, as well as Ryan McMahon and, and maybe some some other young players, uh, maybe not as serious of a, of a conversation as, as as some others. But you're right. Ultimately, the the end results are not that important. You also have to consider some guys. You know, it's it's luck of the draw. We're talking about extreme sample sizes here. And if a guy gets, you know, 35 at bats in in the spring and he's hitting 380, obviously he had a great spring. Sure, but who is he? Who is he up against? Was he facing more right. AAA guys? Was he? Did he get you know two knocks late in a game against two AA pitchers that hadn't pitched above high A um, before in their career? So, you know, all those things, like you said, have to be taken with a grain of salt. You you kind of hope that everyone goes out has a monster spring and you can just have fun and make all these fantasy lineups talking about who's going to play where. Um, who's the new eighth inning guy or, you know, talking with your buddies who might be fans of different teams and say, okay, all right. So this guy had a big spring. We'll trade him to you for your right, number right. one prospect. And you have those fun conversations. Uh, but ultimately you hope everyone not only has a good spring, but also has a healthy spring, which is kind of really the key part here um, with any 26 man roster is that as soon as somebody goes down with an injury that opens up a new spot and just kind of reshuffle reshuffles that depth chart in, in a major way. Look at you in mid season form with 26 man roster. Like you've been saying <laughs> it your whole life. I would have tripped up. I'm like, I was amazing. Um, that's <laughs> okay. another thing. 
uh, to keep in mind as you know we go through these battles is that the rosters are going to look a little bit different this year. Uh, but you, you actually pointed out something really great there. The counterpoint to what we're saying about how you got to take all the stuff with a grain of salt is that this particular year, the Rockies do have an inordinate number of guys who have to have good springs. <laughs> like there's a lot of guys that if they just come out and, and we've talked about some of them before, particularly these veterans with big money left and vesting options. If Brian, Sean, Jake McGee are just brutal in the spring, you have to cut them. And that also helps you with some of these, you know, other guys you're talking about options. You know, if, if Antonio sends a tell and we're getting, well, again, we'll have plenty of time to hash out these kinds of things, but you're, you don't want to get rid of a 24 year old who's shown some promise in this league. If he's pitching well, but you just don't have room for him in the rotation. If he could really help you out in the bullpen, just cause you've got to keep these other guys. And so this is a more important spring training Probably the most important spring training the Rockies have ever had. I mean, you know, I, I, maybe back to 08 or 09, something like that. Probably 09 was a big deal after the big disappointment in 08. So I'll say, you know, right right in there, they, they need to show up focused and ready to go. Yeah, I think, as we said, there's some guys with, without options. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how much depth that, the 40 man has overall, if there's enough young guys that can kind of pressure their way up into, you know, not just starting positions, but, um, positions as, as backups, then you have that flexibility to kind of, you know, cut weight a little bit. I'll also say that if they do happen to have, you know, really poor Springs, the, you know, Vegas odds of, of over, over under 74 and a half wins, you know, you might say, you know what, I think they're going to go over because that line now starts to slowly slide down because of the awful spring. And and we know, again, we know what kind of season Arenado's going to have. Same thing for Story. If David Dahl's healthy, he's um, an all-star once again. Same with Charlie Blackman. We could see Ryan McMahon uh, make the all-star team as a second oh. baseman in 2020. That's a possibility. And so regardless of what happens in the springtime, if, if, if Vegas wants to lower those odds for anyone out there that, that likes a little uh, juice on, on the season, then you're going to say, okay, fine. You keep lowering that number, but they're going to come back. They're going to come back to life, uh, back, back up to earth, so to speak, uh, as they've yeah. fallen a bit uh, in <laughs> March. And, uh, and, and you, might, you might get an over on that. And uh, we, we won't get too deep into the, where we actually predict those, uh, those wins will be. That's for pretty Colorado, low number. But, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what Vegas has it at. Uh, I think Fangraphs had something similar. Uh, it's not as low as the Orioles right now, who sit at 56 and a half, which Goodness. is other – that's, that's 1962 New York Mets. That's – yeah. Low. That's paltry. So, wow. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a month of baseball that, that has to be played. And, you know, if, if you were looking at over-unders 15 games into the season last year for the Rockies – you would have had them down for 56 and a half wins uh, after that, you know, difficult start that they had, but they rebounded. They were six games over at one point in July and yeah, the wheels fell off, but it's, it's such a long season and you know, you, you can't even consider spring as its own season. It is in a sense, but it's, right. it's, it's not an equal 25% of uh, when we think of the weather seasons, spring training is, is far from 25% of the actual regular season 
uh, in the big picture overall. So uh, grain of salt is definitely the, uh, should be the name of our episode today. Yeah, but it's it's, it's going to have to be. It's, it's, it's the one of it's the best shape of his life. Grain of salt. Uh, <laughs> what are the other? Yeah. The, the other cliches from this time of year. We'll have to get back. Everybody's in spring training form, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, we did get a little bit of news, uh, which is frustrating in this dynamic that we're talking about, because one of the players who really could emerge to kind of ease the the angst, if I may borrow a, a word, I'm going to start using that word, uh, Jeff Breidich's uh, word angst, but to, like you were talking about, you know, there's these uncertainties in these areas. And if you see a player like Ben Bowden, Bowden, Bowden show up, I'm going to get it eventually. I promise. It was Um, in there. It was one of them. It it had to be. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I just watched a thing with coach Bobby Bowden today too. And I thought about our conversation about this last time. I know. And it just messed me up. (laughs) Why would you do that? Oh, (laughs) just on man. I just, I just like sports. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, so, you know, Ben was one of these guys that you you want to see early because if he does look really good, he's one of those key young players who could take a spot from a veteran that has frustrated fans in the past and be kind of a symbol of hope. And there are very few of those on this team. So, the news he's going to be out for a couple of weeks with a back thing is probably more frustrating than it would otherwise be. He's not going to miss all of spring training. He should have plenty of time to even, you know, be competitive enough, assuming he bounces back well and, and is healthy, um, to try to win a job on the major league roster. I still think that's in play for him. But, ah. Uh, <laughs> Is that is that a good analysis for you? But ah, what's your takeaway? <laughs> your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, he you know the, the bullpens is is jam packed right now. You know, there's not too many options. There's not there's not too many spots on the entire roster that you know are up for battle. Besides uh, the back of the starting rotation, I think the the spot for the 26 man on the roster is that go to um, uh, an outfielder and Sam Hilliard. Is that an infielder like? Josh Fuentes or Chris Owings. And and again, same thing with the bullpen with so many guys not having any options, you know, uh, Jairo Diaz, Carlos Estevez, they both have options. But when you think about the 2020 bullpen, you think, well, there's yeah. no way they're going <laughs> to be able to survive without those two guys. Right. Right. James Pazos is another one with an option. Everybody else, no options. So you think about everybody that was in. That and Pazos is kind of my guy right now too. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it, yeah I mean, someone was going to have to get cut. You're right. Like, and, and by the straight time, straight up you know, DFM. Uh, yeah. By the time Bowden gets back, you know, that, that could be time for, for there to be a move to be made. You know, we, we finally saw the Rockies cut loose on, on Mike Dunn and say, you know what? I, I we know we got a couple more mil coming to you, but we're going to pay you out because we need that spot on the 40 man. They did it with Chris Iannetta eventually. You know, I don't, right. don't think they've, typically have had a history of doing things like that, you know? So for any fans that are worried about, you know, overpaid veterans who just aren't getting the job done and are blocking a prospect, you know, we, we could see a a changing of the guard there a little bit and Bowden could help kind of, uh, you know, bring in a a new generation of, of young players that push some of these older guys out and say, you know what, 
that's fine that we got to go pay so-and-so $3 million to sit at home or to play for another team because we think, you know, Bowden or Tyler Kinney right. or somebody else is worth that right. much or more. And, and ultimately we're, we're here to win games. We're not necessarily worrying about throwing money out the window. That's just, that's part of the business. So, um, you hope Bowden, you know, comes back. He's going to, he's going to rest a little bit. It, it, it hurts to just kind of turn, you know, and, um, with his lower, with his back injury and, uh, and eventually he'll, he'll be able to rev it back up and, and hopefully, you know, contribute, you know, really when they need him the most, uh, somewhere in the early to mid part of the season. So keep our fingers crossed for him. Yeah, because, you know, I, I didn't quite realize this. I'd seen video of him before, and I think, you know, again, best shape of his life, hashtag. But uh, you know what I think Ben Bowden would excel at? Have you seen the size of this kid? He's you seen this boy. kid? Yeah. Big yeah. boy. Talked to him last now, spring. <laughs> we got to keep everybody healthy, so this is a non-starter. But he could have been a great rugby player, man. I, I think he could have rugbyed. No is that what it is? Do you rug? Is that the verb? He could have rugbyed uh, extraordinarily well. And then he'd be getting covered by our guy, Colton, who's doing the Colorado Raptors. If you haven't seen, we're doing rugby coverage now at DNVR, and it's super awesome. In fact, Patrick, I'm going to be down at the game at Infinity Park on Saturday. Busy day. Book signing with Manny Rondawa at the Baseball Museum We're going to be doing a podcast there. We're going to be shooting some video. We're going to be having a good time. Then it's out to Infinity Park in Glendale. It's just east of Cherry Creek and out there. uh, I'm going to be there. A bunch of people from DNVR are going to be there rooting on uh, the Colorado Raptors. They have an opportunity to be really good this year. I'm learning a lot about rugby. I know I've already got hockey on my plate, but hey, uh, it's a really interesting sport. A lot of people in the world out there are really into it. And so I think it's something that a lot of us are having fun with. I'd love to see you out there. And you can come learn right alongside us. You know, uh, I'm used to answering questions, but I'll have just as many as anybody else there in attendance. <laughs> it should be fun. Um, kids get in for five bucks right now. I don't have the prices for other stuff, but they're like really reasonable tickets. Uh, it's a great night or a day out really i think that the game is uh this saturday is four o'clock i believe in the afternoon evening i don't know does that count as afternoon or evening patrick hmm. late afternoon early evening yeah <laughs> i'm not four gonna give you a straight answer yeah. <laughs> i love that i love against that. the against the nola gold you know that's probably my favorite part when i get into a new sport is to learn the different team names see the yeah. logos the different you know color compositions that come up with and it's just like I love that. I love this branding. I'm in. And if you, if you go online and at our events page or uh, check out some of Colton's work, um, you'll see the, the logo for the Colorado Raptors. It is, it's a, it's a fantastic logo. It, it looks yeah. like a tattoo. It should be, I think all the players on the team, they, they should be for, if they win a championship, they should get one on, uh, you know, on the, on the top of their shoulder or something. Cause it's, it's pretty cool. That's, it's um, one of the best in, in all of major league rugby, no doubt about it. There it's the whole thing is just really awesome. Colton's been fantastic. They're giving him a ton of access. And so you should Google the DNVR Raptors podcast right after this, go and listen to it. Give rugby a shot. I promise you'll find it at the very least fascinating. And if nothing else, you might find you've discovered a, a new love for something and Hey, they might make a run for a championship in a year. The Rockies are really struggling. If you need to root for a team that's winning, this might be (laughs) the one. Uh, 
you want to look to. So uh, just a few other items uh, that we wanted to talk about here. A little bit on, you know, it seems like this Nolan and, and Breidich thing is winding down a bit. The the final statements have been made. Patrick, I talked a little bit. I gave my response to Jeff Breidich's, we'll call it an apology. He did say the words, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I wanted to get your response to him finally coming out and saying at least some of what I think so many people wanted to hear. Yeah, it was great for him to finally kind of come out and, you know, make a statement that wasn't indifferent or one in which you can maybe look into it and say, oh, I think this means this and that's a little nefarious. Um it it was it was nice to to see him kind of come back a little bit, and I think you know that happens when you're back um, back home. You know, and for the Rockies right now, it's Salt River Fields, and you got all the players around, and you remember the relationships you had and the, and the things that you've you've helped build, and you, you you're able to put that behind you. And you know, Nolan has even come out in uh, the last couple of days and. Um, again, doesn't doesn't get as much press because he didn't say a whole heck of a lot of anything. He just, you know, he um, the 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 word choice that he selected it was very easy. Just rolled right off the tongue about just how it was good to get back to baseball. You know that everything was fine. Um, you know, ultimately, it's kind of things are better. I, I don't know if I'd say water under the bridge, but the his particular word choice really uh, suggested that. You know what? They're here to play baseball. They're they're there to do what they're gonna do, um, and 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 you know Jeff's words were were much of the same. And it it's good now that instead of it just being you know the talk, you know instead of them talking the talk and say, hey, I just want to get back to play baseball, help my teammates out, blah blah blah. You're actually seeing that now. The guys are are back back into the groove. You know, players have made their comments and uh, about it. And Desmond, you know, was was fantastic, eloquent, even um, talking about you know, really Nolan's perspective and and Breidich's perspective, and adding a lot of brevity to the situation. And I think it's it's kind of you know it's old hat. And Nolan said he's like, yeah, eventually this could get old, like still talking about it. But he was he's still fine talking about it. It's not something that you know uh, on social media. And, and you hear some of the fans talking about it. And even us in the press, we, you know, we, we talk a little bit behind closed doors about, you know, what's, what's really going on or what could be going on. Cause even we don't know a hundred percent of the story. Um, but ultimately that, you know, Nolan is, is like fine with it. Yeah. He was frustrated. Yeah. He felt a little disrespected uh, by the way his name was kind of bandied about in trade talks after signing that deal. And, and um, probably being being promised all kinds of uh, things by the organization by way of, of talking about spending and, and the payroll and, and winning championships. But he's he's not tired of talking about it um, just yet. He will, he'll get there. He will be. Uh, and you would have thought he would yeah. be by now. But he's not. So I think that's another, you know, positive thing that we can we can take from from his words from what Jeff said at, at the Cactus League presser there. And, you know, with, with still everything going on with the Astros, still things, you know, going on Thursday, David Ortiz, you know, makes some disparaging comments about Mike Fires, And it's, you know, that there's, there's bigger fish to fry in, in the grand landscape of, of Major League Baseball. But 
things seem to be, you know, getting better. They're not wrapping up. It's not completely wrapped up, but um, definitely seems that things have taken a, a step in the right direction for both the Nolan camp, the Bridage <clears throat> camp, and, and, and the Rockies as a whole. Maybe those camps don't really exist anymore now. They're all just intermeshed down there in Scottsdale, and it's it's it, it might be it might be all for the better ultimately, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think you're right there. And as we've said many times, if they start to win some baseball games or even go out there and, and play well and look good and feel good, um, I, I think this will just get better and better. And I think you were right, actually, to point out the kind of massive drama going on elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if internally having spent not a great deal of time, but some time around both of these men, if both Arenado and Breidich have thought, you know, this, <laughs> this really could be a whole lot worse. Like right. I, I made the comparisons on the last podcast that both, you know, Jeff Breidich and Rob Manfred had issued apologies and there was things to like and dislike about both of them. But ultimately Jeff Breidich is apologizing for, you know, upsetting the fans and, and mishandling of his superstar player and, and maybe of his roster, even though he didn't fully admit to that, but at best, you know, that's where Rob Manfred is apologizing for this great, big, huge, gigantic gaff on top of everything that that came from. And so, I do want to get your kind of wide angle. I'm, I'm going to set it all up for, for you and just let you go here on this one because you sent me another note today that I, I think just fits into this conversation saying that it sounds like Rob Manfred's maybe thinking about other places that need to have some humidors and maybe doing some data collection and figuring out you know, the difference in how the baseballs move and fly. And I think that's all really interesting and that could probably end up helping the Rockies. Of course, we know he's made strides to uh, make movements toward the electronic strike zone, and we're going to be seeing some of that in the spring training. That's going to be really interesting to look forward to. Um, But then, of course, there's all the stuff at the Astros. There's the piece of metal. There's trying to get rid of 42 minor league baseball teams. There's the, the juiced baseball issue. So, I mean, and from your point of view, is the commissioner on the hot seat? Should he be? Is he losing too many fans? Uh, you know, I forgot about the the changes to the postseason. You know, the, yeah. the 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 other rule changes, the three batter minimum. You know, what? Where do you Keep think? Going. Keep going. Yeah, there's just there's just take so a second. Much. What else? What else you got? <laughs> Did you mention the CBA is going to be ending at uh, in in less than two years, oh, and they need to negotiate right. that? Right. I mean, I have piece of and I, I, I really (laughs) went after the commissioner on a recent podcast, but I will say I do not envy his job at this exact moment in time. That's a lot of stuff to have on your desk, but what do you think? In the old, I can't remember now. My dad used to tell me, you might know this story because I think it's a New York, New Jersey guy. I was a politician. Uh, who used to come out and say, how am I doing? Instead of, how are you doing? He would always say, how am I doing? How am I doing? Well, uh, Rob Manfred, how are we doing? You know, my initial thought 
with, with all of this is that man he's there's no doubt he's on the hot seat it, it doesn't look good for the game he is you know not handling things well uh it's a nice way of saying it. I, I don't know that he's bungled anything because you know if you were in his position and if you were to know all the things he knew going on behind the scenes you might say wow this is this could be the best case scenario what's happening right now could be the best case scenario for for so many different reasons uh, yesterday, that was the topic of conversation, uh, or excuse me, Wednesday was the topic of conversation at the Blake Street Tavern. It was the uh, third Wednesday of the month, our Sabre Luncheon with uh, all the members and uh, passionate members of our the Rocky Mountain chapter. Manny was there. Um, so, so many amazing characters. And, and that's what we talked about was, you know, what, what Manfred is doing and, and the sign-stealing scandal and how there are other teams involved in this and there are other teams that have done certain things and the way that business has gone about you know with the suspension of of the executives you know of the manager uh lunau and uh and aj hinch versus the players and the immunity that was received um you know why that was done uh, in in such a fashion and ultimately rob manfred does not he represents the game of baseball, but maybe more importantly, he represents the 30 owners of Major League Baseball teams. And until their profit margins start to go down, until they start losing money, until they stop seeing the growth in their industry, because it still continues to grow in various ways um, with MLB, BAM, and, and everything that they've uh, been able to do with, with the app and whatnot, it's, it's brought in a lot of money. And until that gets impacted, I don't think Rob Manfred has a lot to worry about. With, you know, with the, with the professional baseball agreement um, ending this year, ultimately, that's the agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. With that ending, that's, that's a big deal. So to remove him from that position could, could really make that next agreement or make the the possibility of getting away with cutting ties with 42 teams that could put that in jeopardy. So I don't know that those 30 major league owners would want that. Again, at the end of the 2021 season, we've got the collective bargaining agreement that's coming up. So, you know, now is not really a good time to put somebody new in, in, in that position, that high ranking. There are certainly other people that, you know, um, will be qualified for commissioner, but I don't know how many of them are qualified enough to deal with what's going on right now. And ultimately what's going on isn't really Manfred's problem. Manfred's problem is the reaction to all of it, right? It's, it's how he's dealing with it. It's how he's trying to spin it and try to get past it. And it's, it's a difficult job. And I think the owners understand that. And I think they might even expect, well, you know, attendance went down a little bit last year. I don't think profit margins did too much because, you know, with, with the price of tickets going up, you can get less people but still make more money. Uh, the Brewers did come out. Uh, their ownership came out and said that, you know, they actually took a hit. They took a loss, um, you know, with, with what they invested in the team in, in 2019. And you look at the, the roster that they're going to be rolling out in 2020 with a lot of guys on – one-year deals. I was actually looking at their roster, and as much as I keep up with uh, all the one-year deals and the guys, you know, changing teams, there were three or four guys that I go, "Oh wow, he's with the Brewers now." 
Um, so ultimately I think, you know, uh, his job is, is safe because he is protecting the pockets of the 30 major league owners and scandals are scandals. Um, and, and they certainly could be helped or they can be hurt. We don't know where Manfred is in that spectrum of things. Yes. He hasn't helped things. No doubt about it. He shouldn't be talking about the commissioner's trophy as a piece of metal. That's like, that's, that's baby stuff right there. That's an unforced error. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on, but you know, everything else, you know, depending on who you ask, they might actually be, be pretty pleased and pretty happy with it. And yeah, you're going to hear comments made by certain people in front offices and, and maybe even owners, you know, being upset with how certain things have gone. Uh, but that again, could be, uh, their way of, of trying to get ahead of, of the next agreement or argument or trying to push for the next thing, pushing their agenda ultimately. Um, but, but the bottom line is, hey, if, if their pocketbooks are, are good, then the commissioner is doing a good job. And right now to them, he, he's probably doing fine. And so I, I, and for that reason, I don't know that he he's necessarily has to worry about anything. And that, that's probably a difficult answer to hear. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on my thoughts, Drew? You know? No, I think that, that more often than not that that's true. I think the times throughout history when it hasn't been true is when there has been just a big enough reaction, a big enough rise up from the general public. And I think there's a real chance that that happens here. I, I think it's possible that um, you're slightly underselling the number of people who are uh, the percentage of people of, of baseball fans who are unhappy, not just with the things that he said, but with the punishments that came down. And, and you and I know there's a little bit more nuance too, in terms of the immunity of what he you know could do with the players, but there's also, we, I don't want to get super into the weeds here and relitigate sure. the whole thing, but negotiating that immunity in the first place and allowing for them to have that and that being the only way and you doing the investigation and then saying, ah, nothing really happened here until Mike fires oh, something really happened here. Uh, so there's, there's a lot. Uh, and, and I think you're right that there's fair disagreement about whether or not he could have, or should have done more. But I do think the, I do think a, the pretty overwhelming consensus is that there was a lack of justice here. And I do also think, as I wrote today, um, there's going to be some ugly moments and he needs to handle every single one of them absolutely right. Or he risks, like, like you said, I don't, th- I mean, like, because he does occupy a certain safe space. People aren't going to stop going to Boston Red Sox games or Chicago Cubs games because the Houston Astros or cheaters. They're not going to stop right. going to Rockies games for that reason. They might stop going if the Rockies are bad, but not for that reason. And so there is that built-in safety, but I do think, you know, enough public outcry uh, can create a, a PR nightmare for yeah. somebody in a situation like this. And, and he may have to just step down or, or step away. And like you said, there, there, there could be all kinds of difficult consequences to that too, in terms of somebody else having to step into the role, which people won't be thinking about. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I would caution to be not short sighted, but 
I do think that it's fair for, you know, people to demand a certain amount of, of accountability out of the commissioner of, of major league baseball for the legitimacy of the product. However, he needs to go about getting that done. So we'll see. I, I mean, this has reached that LeBron James and, you know, Mark Cuban <laughs> and, and Bernie Sanders are out here talking about this yeah. now. So, it, you know, so I, that's why I think it could get to that level because nine times out of 10, you're hundred percent right. These guys can wall off from it, say, we're all making money. People are mad now, but they'll forget about it. And in fact, that was a quote. Somebody said that that was what Jim Crane said is that this will all be forgotten by spring training. Um, but I think they're in for a rude awakening. If they think this is going to go away as soon as the next hot button issue arises and the thing that, because the players aren't going to forget. So it'll be in the newspapers again in game one, when so-and-so starts with an up and in heater on Carlos Correa or Jose Altuve. And here we go. Now it's a story again. Yeah. Yeah. it's not going to be forgotten. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, even even 15 years from now, there can be a, a reference to a, a Rockies game in Houston where you know there was a, a there's a really bad storm and the the thunder was just banging off the top of the of Minute Maid Park or whatever you know sponsorship it has at that point. And someone references you know the the banging scheme as the commissioner called the sign ceiling scandal. Um, <laughs> so there you know there there's it could have been handled better. There's no doubt about it. Um, fan, you know, the, the commissioner is not the president. It's not an elected official, but like anything, fans can vote with their dollar. Right. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there is the idea that even after all of the steroid scandal and we know how, you know, poorly the, the commissioner at that time, Bud Selig did with that, uh, in 2004, 2005, that's when it, it, it reached a pinnacle. He was still a commissioner for another decade after that. So right. Right. that's why I think ultimately, you know, I, I think Manfred's job is a little safe. more built in, a little more of a yeah. built in establishment. He'd been there for a while, but I mean, yeah, you're true. obviously correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think, I think it will take further bungling of the issue. <laughs> um, but I can foresee <laughs> further bungling. Of the issue. <laughs> yeah, this isn't um, over yet. We're still or, waiting on the Red Sox. We're still waiting to see what's going on with Boston. That's right. Actually, yeah. the thing that I could see is him mishandling all the other things you discussed. So he'll get through this other stuff. But if no one's happy with the way he does handle the CBA negotiations and, um, you know, the minor league stuff, all the stuff that we've brought up, if, if he just batting 150 on these big questions, I think that could be what really ratchets up the heat because then it's just this giant picture you can paint of a guy who isn't up for the job. So it's it's time to find out if he's up for the job. And he hadn't even been doing it that long. So, you know, I've yeah. made similar arguments about Jeff Breidich. You know, he's, he's a young GM. Let's see if he's learned from his mistakes. Well, Manfred is a young commissioner. He's not a young man. He's a young commissioner. And let's see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, he had a much different background than Selig, you know, um, for all right. the knocks you can you can give to Selig. You know, he did. He definitely helped the game flourish. You know, there, there, Absolutely. there, there was more good than bad. Um, but Selig was an owner. So he 
think he understood the ramifications of of doing certain things and saying certain things. Whereas Manfred is is a lawyer, um, you know, went to went to Harvard Law Law School. So I think when you have that background and you may be just looking at, you know, hey, my guy was innocent, so we're good. Well, I don't know that you could say that about O.J. Simpson, who was innocent. Sure, um, but we all have our own opinions. However, was um, you know. Uh, did have some some uh, civil dues that he had to pay uh, in that court. It was he was deemed as as guilty, if you will. Um, and and I think again that that's really where Manfred needs to kind of um, figure it out and just say, yeah, you might be right, and you might you know win in the court of law, but what about the court of public opinion? And that may be more important uh, above all else, really. Right. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this episode. We'll leave it in a contemplative area. That was a weird enunciation, and I, <laughs> but we're living with it. We're going to, like the commissioner, like Nolan Arenado and Jeff Breidich, uh, we're going to move forward. We're also going to contact Denver Rubber Company, the most reliable local partner for your long-term project since 1972. The snow is back. It's been out there. If you need to get some snow plow stuff done, make sure you contact Denver Rubber Company. They can cut anything, slot it for your specific needs. They've been doing it for years, man. Uh, they know what they're doing. It's really, really cool to watch them do their thing. They custom make all of it. And they've been a big, big supporter of ours. So if you've got anything custom rubber that you need done, hit up Denver Rubber Company. Be sure to call them today. Snow plows, custom gaskets, hoses, all that good stuff. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and tell them who sent you. Thank everyone for listening today. Remind you to go get some cool swag we got um a hat sale going on right now so yeah that was our hats yeah like i'm getting in on that you should get in on that everyone needs to get in on that head over to the dnvrlocker.com what are they it's like 20 bucks for those hats yeah 20 bucks for members and there's a lot of different styles too you got the the dad dad caps snapbacks trucker caps i mean say that three times fast yeah or once or once Dad yeah. caps, snapbacks, truck caps. Snap, 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 snap. That's there you go. Somebody put that put a little. Is that a country piano. song? Yeah. Um, might be. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it would have to be. Uh, and then of course they've got all the fantastic shirts from our, our good buddy Eric over at D Line. Uh, we're working on one. I'm really really excited for. We're going to be able to debut it before too long uh, a new baseball one is on the horizon i think i'm allowed to say that if not whatever i'll get in trouble i didn't say anything specific about it but there will be baseball today and here for here on forward every day well most of the days <laughs> there's gonna be baseball so make sure you're following us at patrick d lines at drew creaseman at dnvr underscore rockies subscribe and all the podcast stuff and to the dnvr Dot com. Just make sure you continue to be absolutely awesome because we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. This episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast was presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. Located in Lakewood, they are the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro 
and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Those things are absolutely amazing. If you've never experienced one before, it will change your life. It's worth it alone to go in for that. Green Mountain Dental treats you great, just like family. They'll send you birthday cards. They'll check in on how your favorite player is doing. They're longtime DNVR partners. They show us a ton of love, so you should show them some love, too. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and it's really important that you take good care of your teeth. So if you schedule that x-ray, cleaning, or exam today at Green Mountain Dental, they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush and make sure you tell them who sent you.